Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to take advantage of a good deal now, so you're ready to dig into spring projects the first chance you can. We do it right, too, with savings every day, like 20% off Select Scott's fertilizers. One helps prevent weeds now, and the other feeds your lawn later. Step up your backyard by adding a new patio and get Holland Pavers 3 for $1. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 327. Pavers offered not valid in Hawaii. Selection varies by location. See store for details. U.S. only. Welcome to Mama's Making Waves. I'm down-to-earth Erica. And I'm joyful Jackie. We're two moms taking a stand against the hustle and grind. To help you find more ease and flow in your life and business. Let's Let's dive dive in. Welcome to Mama's Making Waves. Today, we have a special guest for our Mama Chat. We're talking with Sarah Badger of Simply Born Midwifery and Birth Center. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. How are you today? Good. We, On a snowy winter day. It is yeah, a snowy winter. winter day, and we're nestled in this warm little cozy spot having our chat. So we're so excited to be here. So, Sarah, tell me, just because I've met you a whole two times now, like, tell us a little bit about your business and how you started what season your business is in and yeah. all those things all those things um okay so i started midwifery in california um so i've been doing midwifery for 18 years but when we moved to grand rapids i had taken a year off um to have my second child and to move from my husband's job um when we got here we got pregnant with our third child who had been trying for for four years and i wasn't sure that i wanted to start midwifery again in that part of life um but when he was about nine months old i just couldn't not do it again so i went to a birth with another midwife and quickly realized that i wanted to be able to do it my own way and so that was when simply born started Um, what year was that 2010 January 2010 beautiful and that was in Grand Rapids when you decided to get going again yep awesome so Simply Born was uh made then (laughs) yep uh for the pun yeah um and we just yeah it just started the first couple years were super hard um on many levels I had never done the midwifery, like I'd done the midwifery part, but I hadn't done midwifery business part. Mm-hmm. That was never part of my training. Um, because you partnered with other midwives in the past. Yeah, it was just their assistant went as their second midwife. Like I just never, I never did that on my own. Um, I got paid whatever they felt. Um, it wasn't really a set anything. It was just kind of a whim like, okay, so I'm going to this midwife, and then I'm going to this one. And I worked with my mom primarily, and so, you know, that part was not my job. So, yeah. 
So how long did it take you, um, because you had little kids at home, and I know you had another one after that, you started really in 2010 working on your own here. How long did it take you to kind of feel like you found your groove in business? I would say I haven't felt that until about four years ago. That's when I got, okay, let's get serious. This is what we're going to do. You have to get good at this part. Um, I found several people to fill in the gaps, uh, like a CPA and a tax person, and kind of figured all of that part out. Um, It wasn't before that. It, It was a long struggle. It just wasn't, I'm more of an intuitive person, so I just wanted to do the midwifery part and not deal with Have to do the business part? That makes so much sense. Now I love the business part as much as I love the midwifery part, but I don't get as much time on either. Yeah. So I first met you in, what, 2013, Mm -hmm. before the birth of my second child, my second birth, I should say, um... And so you were probably right around the stage where you were just starting to really get a handle on things and like embracing being a business owner. Yeah. I had done a marketing weekend and that really was what spurned like, oh, there's more to this than just, hey, this is who I am. Like that's how midwifery had been handled. But I really... I didn't want to just do word of mouth. Like, I really wanted to engage the community and let them know why midwifery was important and how to how to get into midwifery and find the empowerment for women in that. Well, and I love that you really got into that because I know in Grand Rapids, um, being a holistic practitioner myself, it tends to be uh, – it has historically been a much more medically oriented uh, – kind of community and so to do something fringe like having a midwife attended birth versus and a natural birth versus choosing to go the medical route there's not been a lot of support in the community and I know that you come from California where it's much more open-minded and it's much more accepted Um, and so what is my question how I know that part of your passion is to empower women. And so to kind of come in and not just create this birth center, but to create like community support around natural alternatives has been so interesting to watch. I think that it's more, it's not that it was so medically minded. It's more a patriarchal society. When I moved here from California, that was the biggest part that I noticed is that it's very man led in Grand Rapids. Not that that's horrible. It just is a different, it's just a different take. But I think a lot of women here really were looking and still are looking for some equality in that. And I think that's that's what I tend to offer is to find, oh, sorry, I'm going to kick your table. (laughs) Um, Ball on it. I, I just wanted to have them find empowerment in knowing that that choice was acceptable. It's not it's not outlandish. It's not crazy to think of an outside of hospital birth. It's If that's what your gut is telling you to do, then do it. If your gut tells you to go to a naturopath, go to that instead of the allopathic doctor. Or if your allopathic doctor is not listening to you, find one who will because they are out there. Just because your insurance only pays for these six people doesn't mean that that's the only six people you can see. Go outside of your insurance. Go outside of your small bubble and find 
all of those people in your community that fits. Yeah, that was the biggest. California is just a little bit, I want to say hippie, but just a little bit more open-minded in experimenting with things that don't always fit the traditional model. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, One of the things that I love about your practice and the way that you work is that you um, really believe in women and you believe that we all hold the truth kind of within us as to what's best for us. But we're so guarded and afraid so often that it's hard for us to trust ourselves. And when you come into a birth, you believe that this woman is capable of doing her work and um and your belief in women helps them believe in themselves thanks (laughs) i hope that that's how most women feel i know that not everybody's ready for that empowerment in themselves or that belief i think it's hard to believe in ourselves sometimes and so when you have a cheerleader on the side doing it for you Some people really jump off with that and love it, and then they can finally see themselves the way other people see them and others can't. That's always a hard time for me. Well, and I think we change so much as women once we become mothers, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about today was walking through women in that season, you know, of being a woman who hasn't had a child to going through the seasons of pregnancy and birth and then becoming a mother, like you change in who you are. Um, And I know that Jackie and I, in the work that we're doing, we're trying to empower women to really connect with their truth so that they can show up more powerfully in their business and in their life because so many of us are hiding and we're letting someone else tell us the way to build and do things, you know, all of the webinars in your business teaching you to like grow it this way, do these 10 steps to all market in. all by men. And that drove me crazy. And I was like, I don't want to listen to a man tell me how to do this because he's going to do it different than me. And I need more feeling and I need more grounding in this and I need more more words than just what men will tell you how to do it. No, no, no. I went to the women who run these multi-million dollar businesses and watched and listened and heard their stories and how to do it. And then I looked at, okay, this is going to, I looked at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills (laughs) and of New York. And those women all have kids and they're showing up and what are they doing and how are they doing it? totally trash TV, but they market it so well, right? Yeah. And those women are making a lot of money selling trash. So, (laughs) (laughs) but they're making a a way to earn a living in a way that that does help in some ways. We women, we're a different breed. We just need different ways to learn. So you can't look at the way a man tells you how to start your business because it's going to be different. They're going to come at it from a very logical perspective. And here is one step and here is one step. Women don't do that. We're multitaskers. We have to do six or seven things at a single given time. Um, And if you can't do that, then your business is going to have like a hard run when you get started. Because we need to do all the things simultaneous. You have to be a mom. You have to be a housekeeper. You have to be a business owner. You have to do your business. (laughs) You have to be a marketer. You have to be a money manager, not only of your house, but also of now your business. And that's seven. So, like, 
And then what? You have to be a therapist to your kids. You have to also make sure that every your nutritionist, like, for crying out loud, right? Men don't have to do all those jobs. No, no they, they go to go work, and do the business, and then they come they home. They come home and eat the nutritious meal you cook them. They put their laundry in a basket, hopefully, and then they take a shower, maybe read a book, and put your kids to bed. Maybe. Yes. Totally different lifestyle. <laughs> totally. Don't tell me how to run a business because you don't know. <laughs> right. Well, they could do it in a different way, too. I mean, I you don't know how to run a woman exactly. business, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially a business targeting women, like right. you're targeting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine some man trying to, like, market childbirth and... There are but he some. Hasn't explained. I mean, I'm sure there's some that could do a great job, but if you haven't lived that experience, there's... There's no way. <laughs> no. How do you do that? Yeah. 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 So that was hard for me, like, as a businesswoman coming into this, trying to figure it out. How do you figure it out? I had to take knowledge from bizarre places, but also, like, really stop and think, who are the women that you want to emulate? You know, Oprah Winfrey is a huge mogul, and she has the ability to show up in a positive way. Women don't always do that note the housewives like show up in a positive way for your community so that then everybody feels like they can belong and that was something that I watched from her and learned she doesn't know anything about midwifery I'm pretty sure so like but you can take that wisdom from anywhere you just have to look at the women and say this is what I want and then ask them how do you do the other things Right. Well, I'm finding what resonates. And I think that one of the things I've seen you do personally over the last few years, because you opened one location, Mm -hmm. you know, a birth house, and then you found more of a home, like a permanent home. So you opened another birth house um, so that women had the option to have like an out of hospital birth in a specific location that was not their home. Um, But I've seen you as you've stepped into this business owner role more and more bringing in more support to help you in your business and also at your home so that you can show up for your kids, for your husband, and for your clients. Your business is 24-7. So you're talking women and moms, your job is 24-7. You know, we have to do all of the things and be up with our kids overnight. But then your actual business is also 24-7. So how have you structured support in your life in order to show up that way. <laughs> so we talked about it briefly a little bit together. Like, it's embarrassing to say that I have to have help. But at the same time, you have to have help. Again, how many jobs can a person do in a day? I just can't. So we have a, a gal, one of my really close friends, who comes in and cleans our house. My husband is a stay-at-home parent, so I don't have to do kid run, which is super great. It alleviates a lot of stress because when I was having to do kid run on top of midwifery, it didn't always coincide. And then, you know, your kids are left there for half an hour or an hour longer. And with the teachers, because you're delivering a baby or something, right, you know. Because you, know. you can't just show up covered in goop. <laughs> um, so it was hard. Like, So as they have come up and were able, we find ways to do it. Our kids are, I have two older kids now, and so they are able to help with those household chores. I mean, they're still 15 and 13, so they're not great at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just have to find that time. I have some, I have, we don't call them office wives, we call them office partners. 
because I find that that adds a better connotation to what they do. Um, but I have two amazing women who work with me in the office. They do all the emails. They do all the phone calls. One of them does all the lab reports. Like, I can't I, – there's no way that I can keep up with all of those things and still have a brain. Like, it would just be too hard. Right. So finding the people that can help you – in the places that you need, you know, we have somebody who now comes in and does all the laundry at the the birth house, um, which is amazing because I hate doing laundry at my own house. Why do I want to do laundry? <laughs> I and hate laundry. 100%. It's all sheets and stuff too, and it's just a pain in the butt. So I love making a bed, but I don't want to do all the laundry. So having those people come in and do those things have been. Priceless. I couldn't do my job without the external people that come in and help. Um, I have people who help me, like, tell me what to do with my body. I have people who tell me what to do with my car. Why wouldn't I have people come in and help me with, like, the daily tasks of a business or a household? Yeah. Have you um, – are you familiar with the Zone of Genius? Gay Hendricks wrote a book mm-hmm. called um, The Big Leap. And he talks about how there's the zone of incompetence where you are competent as a midwife. I am not competent as a midwife. If I were to show up and try and attend a birth, it would probably not go that well because I am not competent in that. Then there's your zone of um, competence that's like sweeping the floor. You could do that just as easily as anyone else. Right. Um, Then there's your zone of excellence where you're really, really good at something and you can probably get paid really well to do that thing. But then there's your zone of genius where your unique personality, skill set, passion, interest, experience all lends you to do something really, really well. And his premise is that we should all stop doing the lower level things and spend more and more of our time in our zone of genius. And what you've done is find people to do those zone of incompetent, zone of competence things so that you're not spending your time sweeping your floor when you can spend your time talking with a mom about what is happening in her pregnancy. Like you can show up there because you're not spending your time on laundry. Right. Which is great. Or with your kids (laughs) when they're, you know, needing attention from you. Yeah. Yeah. I think though that we get stuck in that I should be able to do it all. How come I can't run my household? It would drove me crazy that like my husband doesn't think about he'll sweep him up and that's it. Like, he doesn't move the furniture. He doesn't do the back bathroom. Like, he just doesn't think about those things. And it drove me crazy. And after probably the 10th argument of, I need you to be a better housekeeper, I need you to do, it's not where his brain just does not go there. So it's not his zone of genius no, either. At all. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on. But he has all of these things. Like, he can make amazing meals and he can keep up with that part. And he can do kid care like nobody else right he can talk about those things but i needed someone to fill in that gap one day a week i needed to know that my house was going to be done and so that became a priority and so when we talk about like part of that i should be able to do it all i also feel guilty spending money in places like that but it was better than getting divorced because we continued to have the same argument over and over and over again when it's a useless argument It's useless. He is never going to be that person 
And, you know, just like I am not going to be the person to not buy shoes. Like that's we love each other (laughs) because of those things. Right. Right. So I don't want him to change me that part. So I had to stop saying I need you to change. No, like I don't. (laughs) So we just allocated that as a budgetary thing, just like we did with therapy or anything else. Like, okay, that just now has to be part of the process. Well, it's like lawn care or snow removal or any of those things. All of us are perfectly capable of doing, well, in theory, doing those things. But, like, do you want to spend your time or how would it feel to wake up in the morning in Michigan and know that your driveway was plowed instead of you having to spend half an hour shoveling this morning? Before you can do anything else. Right. All of those things are choices that we make. And I think, like you said, as business owners, we think we have to do everything. I was talking with a holistic health coach that um, both of us know, and she was struggling with her business and starting a website and feeling so much guilt that she was having a friend help her build her website. And she's like, if I am going to build my business and grow it, I should be able to do that. Nope. And it's like, your magic no. is not in... Building websites. No. Her magic is in being super intuitive, being... Yeah so connected knowing so much about nutrition and herbs and the body and trauma in the body and helping people with movement and all of these amazing things why should she spend a single moment of her time on her website well and so to that point like do you want to show up and do the website and struggle and hate it or do you want to show up and do client care and love every second of your job Exactly. A CEO of a business does not do every single step of the way up. Like, maybe, maybe they started, like, you know, at the bottom and worked their way up, but they no longer do those things. And those things change all the time. Websites change. How to build them, how to, like, code them. All of that stuff changes so frequently that if you are spending your time keeping up with that, you're not spending your time keeping up with the newest holistic model. Right? So, I had Yeah. Well, and Jackie doing that part. (laughs) Jackie does marketing for small business and all of those algorithms and things are changing all of the time. And that's one of the ways that you help your clients is they don't have to fuss around with any of that garbage. I can care about that stuff. Right. Right. And if you're a good person in that, like you're taking care of it and saying, hey, these things came up. Can we change your website this Mm -hmm. month? Like, and that's so beautiful. There's a time where we get to get taken care of, too, Mm -hmm. by other people. There was a phrase, I don't know who said it, but sometimes the best gift is receiving something from someone else. Giving them the ability to give to you is a bigger gift sometimes than just saying, oh, can I give you some flowers or can I do, let them give to you. It's how we create and maintain friendships, right? Well, and how we show up for our clients if we're asking them to trust us with a part of their lives. Right. And you know, showing up to serve them in a specific way in order to have that part of your relationship, like your clients also need to be willing to receive that care, you know, like it kind of pays it forward with as women and building community. So you're talking about seasons and you were talking about like, so like that's the part of laying it down. Uh, I'm not good at this part. How can I fix that? I don't have to fix myself. Sometimes I can just give that to somebody else and let them do that part and plant that. And then by summer, you're all finished, right? Like, 
the website's done, my part's done, now I can go on and I can start doing and having that fruition of all those things that I really wanted, but I didn't have to hate it all along the way. Well, and I don't think you would have been able to grow to the point that you are. Like, I know you're in this birth house and you're starting a podcast and you're looking at expanding your offerings. I know you talked about bringing in another midwife. Like, your business is growing and flourishing. But I think part of the reason that that's happening is because you really grounded yourself in these things in order to survive. Okay, so... I'm able to flourish now because I failed really big, really big. And it's not something that I talk about often, but it is something that my failure in the first birth house was astounding, right? I didn't do the groundwork. I didn't go in and look at zoning somewhat purposefully because I didn't really want to know. Like, let's just start it. Like, and then we'll deal with all the repercussions later. But I couldn't become an ADA compliant in that building and then lost the whole thing because I didn't do the one footwork that I needed to do. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of ego. It was huge to be growing, 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 growing and in this great trajectory and then all of a sudden slammed shut down. Done. You're over. Okay. And in that, there were a lot of other smaller failures, like knowing how to do certain book work, knowing how to do receipts, stupid, all those little things that you really need to know, but you just, it wasn't there. It was never taught. It was not part of the bigger conversations on how to run your business. Yeah, it's not an entrepreneurship 101 course that you got to take. Here's your, here's your business. Go forth and do it now. No. So it was a lot of, I mean, that, the two years was... It was beautiful. The community that we built was amazing. I also learned that I didn't want to do it with somebody else. I mean, being able to do it with the doula that I did was amazing, and I had a good, good time with that. But I also realized that I wanted to be able to do things on my own. On your own terms, in your own way. With my own spin on it. Mm -hmm. I wanted Sarah to be the person who was simply born. I didn't want it to be... I didn't want it to be a new entity. Right. Um, So it was a big failure. Big failure. And from that, I mean, totally burned everything to the ground. Hid myself away for a few months. And then all of a sudden, I said, you know what? Try not to cuss. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to do it bigger, better. How do you want it? What is your vision? And within... So that was March... Of 2016, and I just said, I can't, I can't not do this. It is what I want. It is the vision of myself that I see. How do I get there again? And by October 16th, we were open with our second place better than we had before. And all me. I didn't have to compromise one freaking second. And Not you one. poured everything of yourself into that. Everything. I saw Down Sarah. Fucking wallpaper. Well, I saw Sarah <laughs> uh, with the floor polisher thingy, like fixing up uh-huh. the floors in that building. I've seen you through so much. You and didn't I, get to see me tile, but I tiled the entire. Well, yeah, I remember painting. Mike. Also, that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, you. But you took this old building and made it this incredible, beautiful boutique-like space for your mm-hmm. clients. It's Thank you. fantastic. 
And I love, love, love that you shared that story because I think the road to success is paved with failures, but yeah. nobody talks about it. No. no, and I think you don't want to because you don't want people to think, yeah, I was an idiot. I was an idiot. And it was it was what helped me be smarter the second time around. And it also helped me to say, oh, I can't do it all myself. I, something has to give in this, right? Well, because you were spending so much of your time and energy with your clients serving yeah. them, which is where you shine, which is right. where your skills are. You know, you're amazing with your clients and the support that you give them. And so pouring yourself into that, you can't possibly work 24-7 and maintain your family right. and manage every aspect of your business. And right. so I think learning that has set you up to grow so much now that's yeah. that foundation it taught me too that i have to take breaks so we in that break of failure and loss and hiding and just recuperating from the trauma that that all caused right and the ego i think that it taught me once a year now i just take a break i just don't do anything um extracurricular like i just hibernate in that okay Sarah needs to figure out who Sarah is and what the next part is like what is it that I'm I just cut out all the noise like I don't do social media very frequently anyways but I cut that out I cut out the extra the things that I do um I don't go to knitting I don't go to coffee like I just really hibernate and that has really helped keep me on my own path instead of getting distracted by everybody else. It's really easy to get so distracted. Oh, so-and-so's doing this, or oh, look at this. And I mean, I have a lot of friends who own businesses now, and they have amazing taste, and they've done Anne at um, Palace Flop House. Like, her bohemian vibe is amazing. And like, I just need to redo the whole birth house. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a lot of money to redo stuff, Sarah. Come on. So, like, I have to keep my eye on my ball and stop paying attention to what everybody else in the place is doing. And that, for me, has that month of just being off is so nice. Um, it's a little hard. Like, I have to baby step back in, too. Okay. What did everybody do world. while I was gone? <laughs> and the first year was really hard. I felt really left out of a lot of things because social media has really taken over our lives. And people don't make phone calls anymore. They only want to text. And maybe they only want to messenger you. And so, like, it was it was that loss of, like, community that I had to rebuild and then say, okay, I'm not calling anybody either. So now I make it a point. Nope, I'm just going to call you back. I'm not going to text you. That's beautiful. Yeah. I've heard other people, like, um, I like Rob Bell a lot. He talks about the last few years. He takes a time, and he he's an author and, you know, has a podcast and all of this. And he says every year there's a phase where he feels like, wow, I have nothing left to talk about. Yep. I have nothing left to say. And then he kind of steps away. And I don't remember what podcast episode he was talking about that on. But then inevitably taking some time off, you re-energize, you recharge, you reconnect with who you are and your family and your life. And then those sparks of inspiration come back. And then all of a sudden you miss those things. You want those things. Um, And I think as business owners, it's the difference between consumption and creation. Like the more you can tap into who you are and where you're being guided and where you want to really spread your love and put your energy, 
um, versus consuming what everybody else is doing. You know, it's a very different type of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I like Raphael too. What do you think, Jackie, when it comes to... (laughs) He's actually really great. He is really great. When it comes to creation versus consumption with marketing, do you see a lot of people... I feel like a lot of people do marketing by, like, looking at everyone else's marketing. They're not actually doing their marketing. Yes. They're just hanging out on social media. crazy. Well, and I think there's value in seeing what other people are doing, too. Because I, one of my marketing go-tos is always that the best source is creatively stealing other people's stuff, which I know is terrible, but if it works for someone else, there's a reason that it works. So there's nothing wrong. But what I did want to tap into was this whole consumption versus creation thing. If you're spending all your time in consumption mode, you're not, that energy to create your own thing and forge your own path is not going to be there, which is why I resonated so much with what you were saying about taking that time away, taking that step back, like getting away from other people's influences, because that's what's the detriment. It's not the fact that other people are doing stuff. It's that you're being influenced by it. Well, and I think I know that Jackie and I have talked about like structuring our day around starting out with connection to self and creation first. Like in my day, if I start out the morning and like meditate or work out or do something to connect myself in myself, And then move into creating. If I'm going to write a blog post, if I'm going to create something, I work on that first. And then I might do other things where I'm engaging or consume, you know, reading other people's stuff or looking into that. I think that your energy is different if you're coming from your center versus if you're coming from comparing yourself to everyone else. I've kind of gotten away from that this winter, and I was actually just reflecting on that on the drive in here. It's like, nope, I got to get back to doing meditation in the morning setting aside that creative time and it's hard too because especially if your mom you've got you know your kids school says guess what they have their 14th snow day and then you've got people calling you and texting you and you've got this onslaught of emails and it feels you feel guilty if you take that time for yourself especially like first thing in the morning but you know it's that whole airplane mask thing you've got to take care of yourself first and your needs and probably what's going to serve you the most in your business is taking that creative time well, and your energy is affected. Yeah, and you're, if you're like me and you're a morning person, your energy is so much better when you do it first thing in the morning. See, I do it at night. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't, like, morning, I, I'm a get up and go. I don't have an alarm clock. I just, like, I know that I'm up and out. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I set up myself so that in the morning I can just go. I don't, I'll do that meditative, mm-hmm. like, planning the night before so that when I get up I know exactly what I'm doing for the Mm -hmm. morning and I just go my only self-care is either a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the morning like okay this is me this is my ritual Mm -hmm. this is the moment that I have before I jump off and go and then by one o'clock then I'm like okay I'm ready to slow down what were the creative things that I needed to get done today? Do I want to write that blog post? Do I want to just sit and do another chapter in the book or do some more outlining? Like, that's when I have that moment. Yeah, but that's so good that you know your rhythms. And you yeah. Know like, I know by 10 o'clock at night, like, I am dead. I'm not capable of doing. I've been asleep and, for two hours. Well, yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> I also think nobody does bedtimes. I am so surprised all the time at how many people go to bed at 10, 11, or 12 o'clock. Even one, it drives me insane. <laughs> I don't know how they function, like, especially when you have kids. Like, when I had young kids, I needed that sleep, and if they don't go to bed by 7.30, 8 o'clock, they're 
jerks. (laughs) Yes. So why in the heck would I have a bedtime later than that? Like, I don't want to give the jerky part of myself to my husband either. So I'm going to bed and we're going to have that in the morning. And he loves to stay up and he will stay up. He's one of those people. I don't get it. But I feel like that's like health wise too. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to burn out your adrenals. You're going to do all these things. I watched my aunt all my life. Like, as soon as the kids would go to bed, she would do all of the house cleaning and do all the put away. (laughs) And it just baffled the crap out of me. Like, why aren't you doing that the first hour after the kids go to school in the morning? What are you doing instead? Well, and I think everybody has a different kind of rhythm and flow to their lives and their energy. And I think that what really matters isn't what works for everyone else. It's what works best in your life, in the stage of your life. If you have a newborn and you're up how many times a night with that baby. You going to sleep at 7 o'clock. Right. (laughs) And you go to sleep early and you get as much sleep as you possibly can. And then you fit in that work in a time when you can, either when they're taking a midday nap or when someone is watching them. You know, like. So I think that when we have newborns, we shouldn't be working. I still will hold to that. Um, Even though I went back to work pretty quickly after Thorben. Um. I don't think that we should. I don't think that our brains are there. I think that we should do the fourth trimester, and I think that women should stop. Stop expecting your body to go back. Stop expecting your baby to go to sleep. Stop expecting your husband to fill in the gaps for you. Stop, stop, stop. Settle yourself down. Sit your butt on the couch. Get to know this new human being. Get to know your boobs as they are now. Get to know your body as it's healing. Feed yourself and slow the F down. Well, nourish yourself where you're at. And in that season, it's all about healing and bonding still. So I think that we expect, like, because the Kardashians can be back at six weeks and they are, like, little tiny things and their butts have been reduced and, like, they're ready to go, great. That is not real life. And so we really have to stop and think. It's not about a competition. Slow down. Let your baby be let you be learn how to be the mom to this new kid if it's your first one great learn how to be a mom if it's your second one learn how to be a mom of two if it's your third learn how to be a mom of three like you've changed i don't think we should be working yet well and in relating to those seasons you know we need to nurture ourselves where we're at during that time. And like women's energy is different. First trimester, second trimester, third trimester, fourth trimester after baby's born. Like we're, we're a whole new humans at that point. You change when you have a baby each birth. I feel like you kind of, it's like burning it down and starting over. You're a new creature on the other side of that experience. And settling into what that means and allowing yourself to heal and just be with you where you're at right now because that's how you move forward from that place in a healthy way I think so many women are struggling with depression anxiety and all of this stress-related stuff because we're pushing ourselves too hard and not nurturing ourselves in the way that we need and not showing up for our girlfriends in that way either we were talking to to relate that back to business. Like it's hard. So we talk about business and trimesters a lot between some of my friends. Um, we were talking this morning about watching other people and really like being jealous. We're in the middle of a big project, but we're in the middle. 
it's that second trimester, everything's big and glowy, and we're like, but it's still freaking a long time. <laughs> Can we just have the baby already? Can we? Come on. I just want to be sitting on the other side of it. And the project is with another friend. And so she is just in, I am sitting just, okay, I feel good right now. And it's okay for it to take some time. And she's just like, but look at what that so-and-so's doing. And so-and-so's here, and so-and-so's doing this. And it's okay. We can just sit. Nope. She just wants that baby. And she wants to be in that postpartum mm-hmm. end of it where she can breathe again and where she can sit, right, in the, oh, that was a lot of work, but I'm yeah. so glad we did it phase. She just wants to jump the gun. And we're not even in the third trimester. (laughs) Well, and there's so much insecurity that comes, right? Like every stage is plagued with its blessings and its fears and its challenges. And so it's hard for us to be where we're at. We always want to jump ahead or we want to go back to something that was before. And it's hard for us to just be here right now in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And she went, yeah, jumping ahead feels good sometimes. Like, I know everybody just wants to cheat the system, but there's something in doing the drudgery of every day and working towards a goal I find really satisfying. Is there any any ways that you help encourage women that you're working with to be, <laughs> any ways that are effective that you encourage women to be where they are? Yeah, I think celebrating those small moments, like, okay, so when you go past you, anything, I went past you with all of my kids, past you, I hate that term too, but I went to 42 weeks with every child, Um, I went to 43 weeks with my daughter, that was a little torturous, Um, yeah, like, just enjoy the fact that you get to keep this baby to yourself for a little bit. Right now, I'm so excited because I get to keep this baby to myself right now. And my body knows. My body knows this baby's not out. And it needs it needs me still. Okay. Just sit still in that. Well, and that's trusting yeah. the process, right? Trusting that you've, you have what you need to do At what you're doing. Every moment, you have everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you might not have everything you need for step five. You might not have everything for what she's doing, but you have everything for what you're doing. You might not have everything for what you want here, but you're not that person yet. Mm -hmm. You have to get each of those steps every day. Yeah, it's like shoots and ladders, right? You go up, and then you come back down. I've played that game many snowboarders. I hate that game so much. Oh, I love it, because it's so life-oriented, right? Like, you get four steps forward, and you go two steps back. Well, damn it. I didn't get whatever I needed two steps back, so I'm back here today. Okay. When you land backwards over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. that was when I realized, oh, I'm not learning the full lesson. I'm pretending to learn it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not getting to the end of it. Every so, time, then it gets noisier and noisier and noisier until you're like, oh. Can I just be done with this? Yeah. What am I not getting for the love of Pete? Can I just be finished, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so it wasn't until you finally just have to go, I'm here again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here again? Because everything. So when you talk about seasons, I just see a giant circle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you have spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter. You're going to come back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're learning a different lesson this time. And that was when I, I finally was like, okay, I got this. 
I have this part of it. Oh, but this time I'm learning this, and this time I'm learning this. So each spring, we plant different flowers throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get around that circle again, you are ready for the new part of that story. It's not going to happen until you get all the way around. And that's the part for me, like, even in our monthly cycles, it comes back full around. Mm -hmm. Those four days before my ovulation, I am the smartest, most impressive person to myself. I can write down all these ideas, and I'm so great. And then I ovulate, and my brain goes, poof, crap. I can't even kind of come up with a word that I need. You sound like I'm speaking chipperish. Okay. My skin looks great. Mm-hmm. I'm great, but I can't speak. Okay. And then we get to our period, and then you just feel like garbage, right? Yeah. And then you come out of that, and then you have a couple weeks to go back to those four days before ovulation, and you're like, oh, you're a genius again, and you get can, so much but done. But you have that week to implement mm-hmm. all the things that you had on your last cycle. Yeah. And when I finally started to see that cycle and phasing, mm-hmm. I was able to really like, okay, oh, it's okay. I'm not an idiot. I'm only an idiot for three days out of the month. <laughs> it's great. I totally can do more things now. Okay. So I know that when I'm starting that cycle of having the dreams and having the the creative, blah, I can just write it all down and know that I can come back to it in just a few weeks and I can implement all those things or I can digest them or fish them out and just kind of like, okay. Okay. I love that idea because I think that with the seasonal idea too, it's that sometimes we have this inspiration and it's beautiful, but maybe it's not for right now. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this is for six months from now. Maybe this is for the fall. Maybe this is for winter. You know, when is this for in my creative cycle? Maybe this is what I'm going to implement next week. And so being able to write that down, being able to give yourself permission to say, yes, I love this, but it's okay to not worry about this right now and just set this aside. I'll file it away for later and come back. And play with your natural rhythms and find what works for you in the season. And our different projects have different seasons. Our lives have different seasons. Thank you. Sorry. Babies do too. So if you watch them, they practice for months to learn how to crawl. And then they practice for months to learn how to walk. And if you... But each time they fall and each time they go, oh, that didn't work out so great. Like they just keep going back to it. In a cycle, right? Oh, yes. I'm going to try this. Oh, I'm going to try it again. Yep, this time it worked. Oh, this time that worked. Like, we just have to stop saying, well, we have to do A, B, and C. No, you don't. You can do A, E, F, B, C, and then get to the end. Right? Well, and I think healing comes in a spiral. I think that growth happens in a spiral. Sometimes we feel ourselves wrapping back to this one challenge or this one thing over and over and over again. It's like, why am I here again? I thought I dealt with that. Well, yeah, but you're dealing with it in a different way, in a new right. way. You're growing in a new way. You're learning in a new way. Right. It's healing another layer of whatever it is that you need to heal in order to move on yeah. from there. Gives you the opportunity to try it again. With new eyes, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Um, where can people find you? I know your new podcast will be coming out shortly. Yeah, Teresa Osmer and I are doing a podcast called Womanly. It's going to be about women in healthcare um, and topics that maybe we don't talk about often. And um, it's spelled how? W O M I N 
L-Y. Womanly. Yeah. I-N. Good. And where what is, where can we find you on social media, online? Um, we are Simply Born Birth on Instagram, Simply Born Midwifery on Facebook, and you can find us on the internet webs at simplyborn.com. Beautiful. more information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Everyone, have a beautiful day. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to take advantage of a good deal now, so you're ready to dig into spring projects the first chance you can. We do it right, too, with savings every day, like 20% off select Scott's fertilizers. One helps prevent weeds now, and the other feeds your lawn later. Step up your backyard by adding a new patio and get Holland Pavers 3 for $1. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 327. Pavers offered not valid in Hawaii. Selection varies by location. See store for details. U.S. only. Lots of entertainment out this month. How do you watch it best? By getting Altice One, Greg, with over 220 channels and 200 meg internet only at Optimum. All for only $64.99 a month. Wow, what a great play by Optimum customers like Janet. She doesn't seem worried she's missing her favorite show while weaving baskets with her crafts group. Why not? My guess her upgraded OS enhances her viewing experience with 4K Ultra HD TV and, importantly, a cloud DVR so she can make baskets all day and never miss. Never miss her shows, I mean. Amazing. How about John? He and his German pointers are watching an animated movie about dogs. Yeah, ever since John realized he could watch shows on any device with unlimited data and a voice-activated remote, he's gotten very comfortable with those three pointers. Get Altice One for only $64.99 a month for the first year. Call 8776-OPTIMUM today or visit Optimum.com and now get, wow, a $200 gift card. Altice One, only at Optimum. For new residential customers, taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. 90 days of continuous service required for gift card. Allow four to six weeks for delivery. See Optimum.com for details. At Jiffy Loop, it's our job to make car care make sense. That's why we offer personalized service reviews that swap car talk for straight talk, so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. 